2: Phil Mackey, Judd Zulgad. I think it's false advertising, and the FCC should do something about it. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN.
1: Football, gentlemen. We got more football. And here's what we're going to do on this edition of Vikings Prop Bets, all right? Okay. We're going to scout Vikings opponents on this edition of Vikings Prop Bets. All right. So we've done done a full season's worth of mostly Viking-centric things and, you know, quarterback stuff. Let's turn our attention toward the teams, the Vikings, may be looking at down the stretch in, in both conferences. I was going to say known opponents or possible opponents. Possible opponents. Ooh. Possible opponents. Well, one is a known opponent, the obvious. We'll start with that one. All, all right. right? Mm-hmm. What will the Packers' final record be at the end of the regular season? They are 7-6 and six right now. They go at Carolina, home against the Vikings, and then at Detroit to end their season. What will the Packers' final record be? Dave, you want to start us off? Whew, I can do that. At
3: Carolina, home Vikings, and at Detroit. Boy, this is interesting. It's this juicy. is a question. <sighs> it's juicy. For what's best for our show, 7-10. and 10. Wow. Or, excuse me, not 7-10, 7-9. 7-10. Yes, they're going to play one extra. <laughs> Seven and nine, they are going to lose them all. Aaron Rodgers may play this weekend. They will lose in Carolina, and they will shelve him the rest of the way, meaning the Vikings and
1: Lions walk over. And then we get to play Vikings, uh, Packers vent line for the next three months, and that's what I'm all about. Yep, it's going to be glorious. So Dave says they they they, they, they run all. the table, losing out yeah, I don't.
3: six and twelve. <laughs>
4: Uh, I will three and seven. <laughs> I will say that my uh, Benel Saint Margaret's math tells me that they are going to win one of these games and lose two, so they will finish eight and eight. They will finish at five hundred. Okay. Uh, I could see them winning. You know what? I think Detroit's a sneaky mess. I a think, sneaky mess. I think Detroit's a sneaky mess. I th- I think my my guy Jim Caldwell has rebounded with a really bad year. Uh, coaching-wise, and I don't think that team's in great shape, so I could see them easily losing to Carolina, I could see them losing to the Vikings at Lambeau, and then pulling out that last game, so I'm going to give them a 500 season, a non-playoff year, 8-8. Eight and eight. Uh,
1: Detroit is not a sneaky mess. I've done some research on that to complete the answer to this question. I'm going to say 9-7. and seven. I think the Packers lose to the Vikings, but they win the other two, and it's a, it, that, that game against Detroit might matter It depends on what seattle does and some of the other teams but that detroit game is not going to be a gimme at all i think you look at the schedule and say ah detroit by week 17. detroit's losses this year are not offensive they've come to atlanta carolina new orleans pittsburgh minnesota and baltimore maybe five playoff teams that they've lost to this year so detroit is slotted right in there as a league average team they're just not quite good enough to beat playoff teams. Going to be
4: enough to cost, cost Jim his job, I guess.
1: Yeah, and it probably will be. Uh, but and they're going to miss the playoffs. But they're good enough to beat Tampa and Chicago and Green Bay without Aaron Rodgers and all those teams. That you know, to, they beat Minnesota once the season in Minnesota. Uh, but Detroit's schedule is home against Chicago. That's a win to get to eight and six. You'd mm-hmm, think mm-hmm. at Cincinnati. Oh, well, you'd hope
4: that's. a I mean, and Marvin.
1: and then so then are they nine and six going into that final game against the Packers, mm. which they might have a chance to make the playoffs. That's such a weak schedule for Detroit. But I'm going to say nine and seven. Packers beat Carolina to get to uh, eight and six, and then the Vikings basically put them to bed. But then the Packers maybe wind up ruining Detroit's chances at the end of the year. To uh, maybe even with Brett Hundley, if the Packers are out, if they just sit Aaron sure. Rodgers. So, uh, nine and seven. All right, um, let's do this one. The Eagles right now are in first place in the NFC, and the Vikings need them to lose a couple of games. If the Vikings win out and the Eagles lose two, the Vikings can get home field advantage throughout the playoffs. Mm-hmm. The Eagles without Carson Wentz, how will they fare in their final three games at the New York Giants? home against the Oakland Raiders mm-hmm. on Christmas mm-hmm. and then home against the Dallas Cowboys on a short week to end the season.
4: You know what? 3 and 0. All right. 3 and 0. This team is a this team without Wentz is not great, but I think they're still solid. I think they're still good. The Giants are just a dumpster fire and I I know that that they're a, that's a division game, but they're still a dumpster fire. They're a complete mess. Oakland's going to have to travel across the country. I think o- Oakland might fire Del Rio. I, they're no great shakes. Definitely can beat them because you said that's at home, and the Cowboys. The Cowboys have had a weird year. That might be a tough one, but I'm going to uh, I'm going to side with the Eagles in that game as well. I'm going to say they win all three of them.
3: No, they go two and one. They do win the first two though, and they have it all sewn up, and that's why they lose week seventeen to the Cowboys. You're resting, guys. You're not taking it seriously Fair enough because you don't
1: need to. I think they're they're ready to lose two of those three if it wasn't the Giants and the Raiders the next two weeks. <laughs> like, if it was at Dallas with Zeke coming back or something in Week 16, Yeah. and Zeke will be back for that Week 17 game, and if Dallas wins a couple games, then they're still fighting for a playoff spot, but I'll say 2-1, and, and the Vikings then have to fear maybe going on the road if they get to the NFC Championship game if both teams do.
4: Cold weather, bad
1: field, Kai Forbath trying to kick a field goal. Which leads me to this prop bet question. In order in the NFC, which three teams should the Vikings fear the most? Which three teams should the Vikings fear the most in the NFC right now? In order. I'll start. I'll give you guys a second here. Okay. I think it's New Orleans, Seattle, and Philadelphia. Philadelphia would have been number one on that list with Carson Wentz, especially if you're going to Philadelphia. Uh, But I'm going to say New Orleans because that's – That's an actual defense now. Mm -hmm. They're really hard to defend at the skill positions if Kamara's healthy. Mm -hmm. And Drew Brees is one of the five or six greatest quarterbacks of all time. It seems like they're traveling a lot better now than previous Saints teams do. And um, Seattle, just because of Russell Wilson, and even though that team is in shambles, it's Russell Wilson, and he's ridiculous, and even if you put pressure on him, he can escape and make plays and make things happen. And Philadelphia, mostly because you'd have to go to Philadelphia to win that game. And the rest of the team is solid. It's New Orleans, Seattle, and Philadelphia. Seattle is the number
3: three. I think that's for sure, just because I don't trust their offensive line. The defense, they're missing too many guys. I think that's not a worry so much unless Russell Wilson goes nuts. I still think Philly's the number one worry. And that's probably just because of home field. I think that's the the one thing. You've obviously already beaten the Saints. They're a different team now. They're playing very well. They could certainly do some things, but I think just based on the fact that you'd have to go to Philly, they are the number one concern.
4: 3-2-1. Philadelphia 3. Rams 2. They've seen you. He's a really good offensive mind. True. He is a very good coach. Saints 1. You got Drew Brees. Everybody else is trying... You know, you got Philly now, backup quarterback. Jared Goff I like, but I have no idea, right? You got Drew Brees, won a Super Bowl, I would say, and and the Saints have finally decided rightfully so that they, they need to take defense seriously. So three Philly, Rams two, Saints one. All right, and then final question. If you were to get there, Vikings and
1: Patriots, if they played 10 times or 100 times, right now or this season, assuming Gronk is there. What percentage of the time do the Vikings beat the Patriots? Or however you want to answer it. How many times out of ten do the Vikings beat the Patriots head up? Uh, and it, it would be at US Bank Stadium. So
4: Yeah, if they play the Patriots and Tom Brady head up and they play most importantly Belichick, i say they beat them four out of ten times. So you're four telling out of, me there's a chance. Oh, there's a definite chance. Oh, there, there's there, a chance. There is a definite chance. There's a definite chance. <laughs> And and there is there is a chance, there's a very good chance that with this defense in place and the personnel and the scheme that you could slow them and and disrupt Brady. All of that being said, Belichick is so good and so effective that I would say it's only four out of ten. It's not more than that, despite the fact that that game, as you just said, would be at home. I think the only question is
3: how many times does Zimmer out-scheme Belichick as far as getting to the quarterback? I think he can do that half the time. I, if you I, hit yeah. Brady... He's not nearly the same quarterback. He's proven that for many years. Mm-hmm. If you get to him and you knock him around, he's far less effective. So I'd say five out of five or five out of ten.
1: I'm in lockstep with David. I think it's a coin flip. And if the if the Giants were able to do it a couple times, Tom Coughlin and that front four that the Giants had 2007, 2011, and the formula was make Tom Brady uncomfortable, get him moving around, mm-hmm. and he's far older and less mobile than he was in 2007. So. Mike Zimmer can do the same thing. Here's why five times out of
4: ten. Here's why I don't go to five. Is it negative? Belichick. Well, that's partially it. Yeah. Belichick and the Patriots freak teams out. It's just weird. It's they they are New England has a lot of games won by Wednesday. Because teams absolutely outthink themselves and, Do you think Mike, and get up tight.
1: I, I don't think Mike Zimmer falls I don't into know. that trap.
4: I don't know. That's a very good question. It's possible
1: that players could fall into that trap. Yes. I don't think Mike Zimmer would fall into I'm that trap. I'm just saying
4: I, I give Belichick the extra game based on the fact that I have never seen a team in that league Freak teams out as much as the Patriots do. It's just a bizarre deal. I don't think the Vikings' defensive players would get freaked out
3: either. And you might be right. I have played enough against what. Aaron Rodgers and other great quarterbacks yeah. in the NFC. I, I, I mean, said 4 out of 10. They Listen, played Everson ben, Griffin ain't going to sit there saying, Ah, Tom Brady, man, he can throw the ball all over the yard. No, he's going to go hit him.
1: Yeah, they've played Breeze this season alone. Rodgers, Breeze, Roethlisberger, I'm, Ryan, Cam. Like they faced all the big I'm very, MVPs. I'm
4: very close Hundley, to you. Guy. I'm very close Trubisky, to you guys. I'm being I said forty percent. It's really good.
1: <laughs> I, I love I love you splitting hairs on the four or five out of ten. Well, you asked me yeah. the question.
4: I take this segment very seriously. No,
1: but you, then you circled back on why exactly it wasn't five instead of four. Well,
4: right, but I, it's forty percent. That's still really good. <laughs> good.
1: Uh, Doogie's going to come in here next. Let's get into some <laughs> Twins hot stove. Uh, the Twins did make an interesting signing of a pitcher that you've absolutely heard of. It's not one of those, uh, you know, random. It's it's kind of a bargain bin, but it's an interesting signing. When we come back, we'll get to that. And what else are the Twins considering here in the last couple days at the winter meetings? Mackie and Judd.
2: Mackie and Judd
1: now continue. Oh, come on. On 1500 ESPN. All right, it's our weekly Scoop segment with Darren Doogie Wolfson, five eyewitness news and host of the Scoop podcast, which you can find pretty much anywhere you would download podcasts. 15 ESPN.com is a good place to find it. iTunes, uh, KSTP.com. The hot stove is cranked up, dudes. The Twins have landed Michael Pineda, who has had Tommy John surgery and will not pitch in 2018. But it's an interesting signing because it's $10 million over two years, the Twins announced, So they're targeting a comeback season in 2019 for Pineda for not much money.
0: Good morning, by the way, gentlemen. Happy hump day. I wouldn't necessarily dismiss the possibility of the Twins being in some sort of playoff race and Pineda potentially pitching come September. Okay. Now, yes. Is this move much more about 2019 than 2018? Absolutely. It also tells you that the Twins feel like not only is the window open now, But that window extends beyond 2018. Maybe more realistically, the window is more open 2019 and 2020. If you consider the distance between them and the Astros, the Indians, the Yankees, the Red Sox, you can make a case they are much closer to the five or six teams that were chasing them for that second wild card. And, oh, by the way, some of those teams are getting better. Otani to the Angels. You know, the Mariners are trying to do some stuff. The Rangers are doing some stuff. You know, so maybe they look at it and say, you know what? Hopefully we can be competitive in 2018, but maybe more realistically, let's really make a run in 2019 and 2020. Michael Pineda has swing and miss stuff. I went back and forth with Twins VP Mike Radcliffe this morning. He told me, hey, the guy induces swings and misses. Yes, they, they lack that. This is that. a good roll of the dice. There's not a lot of risk involved in a two-year, $10 million deal. So I like it. They were also in on Drew Smiley, who chose the Cubs instead of them. Same situation. Tommy John. So the Twins had it in their minds, whether it was Smiley, Pineda. They were getting a guy that mostly had to spend 2018 rehabbing with an eye on 2019. Yeah, they were in on Smiley until the very end, I'm told.
4: So what's next, Dukes? What's their next move? It
0: depends. I mean, they're not really in on any of these relievers. They told Brian Shaw's agent, hey, we like him, but not at $9 million a year. Hmm. Not at three years. I mean, they're looking at a reliever on a two-year deal, mm-hmm. maybe a one-year deal. I just saw the Jim Bowden note that Juan Nicasio is close to a deal with the Mariners. I'm told the Twins are not making any sort of push on him. On Pat Neshek, he goes to the Phillies. The Twins had a conversation at the GM meetings on Neshek, had a follow-up call. The Twins had zero dialogue with Neshek's agent going all the way back to Thanksgiving. I thought he made some sense, but the Twins had just about no interest. hmm in Pat Neshek. They did meet with Fernando Rodney at the winter meetings the other day. I'm told other teams are pushing much harder. So I don't know, Jed. I mean, they're talking to teams. They absolutely have talked. Trade with the Rays. I'm actually told they haven't had any trade dialogue yet at the winter meetings with the Mets. I thought they would. They did at the GM meetings. I'm but they've not followed up with the Mets. On starting pitching? At the winter meetings. Correct. Yeah, I mean, I don't mm-hmm. think they're trading for, for any sort of Mets bat. You know, I mean... Garrett Cole, maybe? Yeah, was... I still think the Rays, if I had to circle one team, I mean, Danny Duffy makes some sense from the Royals. We see teams make trades if you're in the same division all the time. Yeah, the Cubs are apparently making a push for Danny Duffy, too. Well, and they're also in on Alex Cobb. Yep. Like, I've been asked a lot, are the Twins in on Alex Cobb? Yes, they met with his agent a couple days ago. They have not made him an offer. I'm told, as of yesterday, no offer extended to you, Darvish. I'll continue to say, I've been saying this with you guys now for a couple weeks. Keep an eye on the trade market. I think it is more realistic they make a trade for a starting pitcher than go all in on a Yu Darvish or an Alex Cobb or a Lance Lynn, even though they met with Lance Lynn's agent the other day. So they're still having dialogue yeah. with these agents. But I think it's more realistic they swing a trade. So uh, th- there is a, a Pirates blog that came out
1: yesterday and had specific names in this Garrett I Cole conversation: uh, Nick Gordon, Tyler J, and Zach Granite, which is. That seems like a realistic discussion that would be happening between the two teams. I'm okay with trading Nick Gordon for a top in his prime starting pitcher. I'm fine with it because you have Royce Lewis, Jorge Polanco, and who knows if Nick Gordon's going to be a shortstop or even a star player. So your thoughts on that collection of names being thrown in with,
0: with two years of Garrett Cole is what you would be getting. I mean, logically, the names make sense. I will caution that Twitter account is not verified. We have no idea who runs that Twitter account. That's the Winter Meetings in a nutshell, right?
4: (laughs) Yes, I mean, there was some random
0: Twitter account that tweeted (laughs) last night that the Twins made you, Darvish, an offer. So I have three or four people tweeting me, hey, is this true? The Twitter account has nine followers. I mean, it's just it's one of those weeks where everything is out of control. But logically, if you're the Pirates, those names make sense. So you could, if you wanted to, if you wanted to go Mitch Lawrence on it or Sam Smith, Throw a bunch of stuff up against the wall. Hope something sticks. Peter Vesey. Peter Vesey, yes. I mean, that makes logical sense, right? I have no sense, though, that talks are advanced on Garrett Cole. The Twins didn't meet with Scott Boros the other day. He represents Cole among many guys, Jake Arrieta, others. You know, so presumably when you're meeting with Scott Boros for 20 to 30 to 40 minutes, a lot of names come up. Presumably Cole's name came up. But there's no sense the Twins and Pirates at this point are in advanced talks. Now, it can change with one phone call, but as we sit here on Wednesday morning, no sense the Twins and Pirates are close to a deal. Is Darvish in play here? Or is, he is. is that more I of a smokescreen? Thad Levine has reached out to him a number of times. Christian Menez
1: was... Uh, Mike Berardina had a piece. Christian Menez mm-hmm. was his personal catcher in Texas,
0: and he's been putting the full-court press it on. sounds like he loves Thad. They love him. They're pushing for him, obviously, and they're they not hiding are, him. They are, but I think they're pushing for him to an extent. Four years? okay. We'll even give you four years, 80? 75, maybe even eighty. I don't see the Twins giving out a six-year deal to you, Darvish, a guy who had Tommy John a couple years ago. I just, I would be surprised. They love him though, and he's gonna. They sit, do. He's gonna make, make no the mistake. Way. They love you, Darvish, and if the- atop their free agent rankings. You Darvish is one. It's not Jake Arietta. It's not Lance Lynn. It's you Darvish. I still would be surprised though if they go six years one thirty. The problem for them is let's say I, I think four years eighty
1: in a perfect world, if it were like, hey, let's come up with a fair deal here and let's not be greedy. Four years eighty for a guy who had a down year last year, got shelled in the World Series, and has come has come off Tommy John a couple years ago. That's a pretty fair deal. You're not going to get him at the winter meetings for eighty million over four years. I'm making that number up, but He's going to wait. If he signs for 4 years, it'll be in January or February. Mm-hmm. He'll he'll hold out until the last minute to get a 5 or a 6-year contract. That's my that's my gut feeling.
0: I'm with you. Same with Arietta. Jake Arietta is not signing this week unless somebody offers 200 million. Yeah. It's just the way it is with these big name guys. You know, I mean, baseball is so different than the other sports, right? I mean, I go all in on NBA free agency and NFL free agency, not as much NHL, but some Everything happens snap of the fingers in those three sports. This sport, yes. It's weeks. It's months. I still think the Twins will be active. It's a matter of when, not if, but I can't make any guarantees that they're signing a reliever tomorrow or Friday or early next week. Opening day is a long time from now. I'm just telling fans, the Twins will continue to be active. Pineda is not their only move this offseason. Wolves scoopage. What do you got for us? They would love to get DeAndre Jordan. Now, I'm told the Clippers... Have interest in Gorgie Jang. Now, Gorgie last year, when he signed the four year, $62.8 million deal, it was viewed as pretty much a team friendly deal. When you looked at, and I'm not comparing Jang to Rudy Gobert and Steve Adams, those two players are significantly better than Gorgie, but those guys got $100 million deals. So you figured if you save $40 million, you know, Gorgie's not an embarrassment. Gorgie played what, 30 plus minutes a game last year? There are things that Gorgie brings to the table. By the way, great teammate. Like, I'll tell you this right now. Jimmy Butler thinks the world of Gorgie Jang. I can't stake that claim with every guy in that <laughs> locker room. I can tell you Jimmy Butler loves. How
4: far down that path would
0: you like to go, you? Gorgie Jang. But I just don't see a logical match. If you're the Clippers, Gorgie Jang plus the Oklahoma City first-round pick. I know a guy who I'd make available. Andrew Wiggins? He is perpetually available if I'm the GM right you now. You can trade him. Who wants him? It's not an untradable contract. Everybody will say he's overpaid. How did you give him the max? You can trade that contract. You may not get back in your mind equal value, but if you wanted to move the contract, you could move Andrew Wiggins. What's left on DeAndre Jordan? A, couple, a year and a half? He's got a player option that he will likely exercise. So he will hit the open market in July. So you're pretty much looking at a rental. Now you would have I guess I'd have to look at this, but I'm ninety five percent sure on this, just talking out of turn, that you would have his bird rights. Could you now get now you a- start looking at the luxury tax when you think about having to give Carl Anthony Towns max money? And don't get me wrong. Although actually I thought last night his defense got better as the game went on. Despite the, all things considered yeah, his defense the, was okay last there night.
1: There was a dead spin video that made it to uh you know to the viral stages of the internet of him. Basically, just jumping out yeah. of the way and flailing while he went in for there a, were dunk, a couple yeah. plays
0: that were really embarrassing. I know Jamal Crawford did the same thing, but you're still giving him the max, right? Yes, like you have you to. Have to. So you're and he's giving... a far
1: better player than Wiggins. Let's stop with the false equivalencies here. Well, you never you're you're hard on Wiggins, not Cat. They're both bad at defense. Only one of them is an amazing offensive and efficient offensive player, and that's Carl
0: Anthony yes, Towns. Yes, but only one of those two pouts like you wouldn't believe. Sure, and it rubs I, and, off on his teammates. And it, yeah, I, it rubs off on the fans. He needs to control it's, the pouting, which is why and Carl Anthony Towns is out of which control is, with the which pouting. Is, which
4: is why Butler had the great comment last night: "Is don't t- I don't want to hear Towns talking about how <laughs> this is his fault because he's feeling sorry for himself? It's not you're you're not being a captain. You're basically saying, woe is me! I tried, and I and we yeah. lost.' Don't give me this one on five crap. I love that comment from Butler. Correct.
0: Yeah, I know. I love Jimmy. So you think about Jimmy's long term money. You start doing the math. On all that money, it gets dicey. Now, Gorgie's at 16, 16 and a half the next couple of years, so you would be clearing that money. I'm just saying, logically, Jang, plus the Oklahoma City first-round pick, plus Cole Aldrich's expiring contract, you have to pay him $2 million to go away, but you can get out of his contract this summer. The Clippers want more than that for DeAndre Jordan. If I'm the Wolves, I would sign, I'll admit my bias, Sean Kilpatrick. The Nets just let him go. He cleared waivers. The Wolves have not reached out on Kilpatrick. Kilpatrick's camp has reached out to the Wolves. They have that open roster spot. So whether it's signing Kilpatrick, Elijah Millsap, Paul Millsap's brother is playing well for them in Iowa. He plays for the Iowa Wolves. He could help them right now. He can shoot. I'm telling you, Elijah Millsap could help them right now. What about Just do something or play Shabazz. Give Shabazz, the work ethic is there. Give Shabazz another chance. Plus, I get it, Jamal will hurt you defensively. And I'll admit my bias there, but Jamal Crawford came here with the idea that he would play more minutes, play him more minutes, play Gorgie more minutes, play Tyus more minutes, and oh, by the way, Nemanja Bielica, he'd be back by now yeah. if he was playing. He's not rushing back to play 11 minutes a night. He's also in a contract year, so selfishly, he is going to wait until he is 100%, but I'm just saying if Bielitza was playing 25 minutes a night, he would have been back a week ago. I'm convinced of
1: that. I'm spitballing here, okay? On the Clippers, just for fun. Uh the, the, the Wolves need someone who can knock down a three-pointer, and I'm fine with just getting rid of Andrew Wiggins' contract. I'm I'm out on Wiggins as a 25-30 million dollar player. He's I, I I'm not going to go down the laundry list of things that drive me nuts, but Lou Williams can knock down a three, he's on a one-year deal. I like Lou. He's 31. Uh, DeAndre Jordan's 29. I get that you'd be punting on a super young player Andrew Wiggins, but I I don't care. Like I you could clear the salary Wiggins for Lou Williams like there, would there be a pick involved here somewhere DeAndre Jordan is there a package there somewhere All right am I so let's play out this out
0: Let's play this out I'm just going so through you're the Clippers giving roster Giving up Wiggins <laughs> you would need from Jeff Schwartz who first I think you have pick? an okay relationship with that's DeAndre Jordan's new agent You would need some sort of assurance, right? Well, he's 29. DeAndre would stay. He's 29, and he's
1: going to be here until he's 30, and Tom Thibodeau will have him basically in a coffin by 31. Well, that's where
0: it gets dicey. Okay, so you have Jordan, okay? Are you willing to pay DeAndre Jordan max money, which, by the way, when he's 34 years old, would be, you ready for this, $48 million. Do the math on it. I've done it. Actually, one of the guys from Canis gave it to me. It is $48 million. Here, so that's the only the way you're keeping DeAndre Jordan is to give him the max. But on the Wiggins Do you front, really want to give Jordan the max?
1: I, don't I can't do that. I can't do that either. But here's the thing about Wiggins Wiggins' value will only continue to go down the more teams see how inefficient and selfish he is on the court. This is the peak of his value, folks. It ain't going to get a whole lot better from here with the money he makes. He's four years in, and he still takes 20 foot shots like he's Steph Curry. And he can't make them. Someone just posted, he's shooting 27%. I saw this on Twitter this morning, on jump shots this year.
0: Well, here. What, 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 stop taking jump shots. I'll give you a nugget on this. You ready for this? And I'll admit my bias on this one. Drew Hanlon is about the best NBA trainer on the planet. He helped develop Joel Embiid. You see Jason Tatum. Drew's from St. Louis. Yeah. Him and Jason Tatum go back seven or eight years. Jason Tatum is an unbelievable rookie for the Celtics. Nobody thought he could make three-pointers. Jason Tatum is making three-pointers. Drew Hanlon has his fingerprints on that. Bradley Beal. Bradley Beal is a St. Louis kid. Him and Hanlon go back 10, 11, 12 years. Bradley Beal, one of the best shooters in the NBA. Drew Hanlon knows what to do. The Wolves have told Wiggins, in season, we have our own shooting coach. We have our own methods. We don't want you working with Drew Hanlon in season. But he works with them them in the summer. Off-season, fine. But I'm just saying, like Wiggins can't make free throws right now. Go get Drew Hanlon. If I'm the Wolves, I'm flying Drew Hanlon into town.
1: Dude, this is messed
0: up. But the Wolves have their own shooting coach. That's what we call dysfunction. They feel like they trust him.
1: Yeah, it's working really well.
0: But it's not working exactly. So if it's broken, how can you fix it? Wiggins has a great relationship with Drew Hanlon. That's his guy. (laughs) Tell Wiggins, hey, you can work with Drew in season. We think Drew can help fix your shot. Yeah, I mean, the numbers are disgusting. So I'm just saying there are methods in my mind to fix some of those warts, but the Wolves have to be open-minded. Yeah. Thank you, Doogie. Good, Good stuff, stuff man. You got it, boys. Mark Coyle on the Scoop podcast. My first time sitting down with him in 11 months. We're actually going to do it more often now. But Gophers AD Mark Coyle on Fleck, men's basketball, the men's hockey attendance issues. Is 18 months on the job. It's worth a listen. Scoop podcast episode Boom. 115 available right now. Really awesome. looking forward to
1: hearing how he's doing athletically, academically, socially, and spiritually. He's, he's not he's a spiritually guy. <laughs> Even though he's religious,
0: he he actually skips on the spiritually part. Thanks, boys. Uh Bye, bye. Doogie. Uh,
1: all right, Dave. What, what's coming up next and stuff?
3: Major collisions between the worlds of politics and sports. There's a new tune we have to listen to and an update on possibly the luckiest guy in the world. The Mackey and Judge Show rolls on. Finally. Finally. On 1500 ESPN. And stuff you should know about is sponsored by Panera Bread. Get a Panera Bread gift card this holiday season for every $50 in gift cards purchased. You'll get a $10 bonus card. For more details, visit your local bakery cafe.
1: Phil? Oh, I'm sorry. Phil. Second time in six months. <laughs> Dang! I was just—I was yeah, so in sports, love with that expired pizza. You should simply
2: be aware of <laughs> I can't stuff that <laughs> on. <laughs> no one talked
5: about. It's pretty heavy stuff. Let me show you some so stuff. Good. I don't do that stuff no more. This stuff can give you brain damage.
2: And then there's this stuff you should know about. Lots of great stuff. This is the fun stuff. I love this stuff. Good stuff, man. This stuff's good this is that kind of stuff i want to check that stuff out mackie and judd now continues this is very serious stuff we're talking about here with stuff you should know about and now we can do the stuff you should know about
3: there yes let's get to it right away the stuff you should know about everybody knows about the big news and politics yesterday the special election in alabama doug jones the Democrat, the Democrat winning an Alabama seat in the United States Senate. He defeats Roy Moore. Boy, there was a lot of decisions, especially for lifelong Republicans as they went into the voting booth, knowing the baggage that their guy uh, their guy, brought in with them.
5: You had an interesting uh, experience this morning at the polls, a crisis
0: of your own. Tell us yes, about that. Yes,
2: ma'am. I'm a lifelong Republican, and this is the first time. In my entire life that I haven't voted for the Republican candidate, I wrote in Nick Saban instead.
5: True Alabama football fan. That that was your choice, huh?
2: Yes, ma'am. And the reason why is at first I was going to vote for the other guy, but then I had a crisis in the uh, voting booth. And started thinking about what Richard Shelby had said and Condoleezza Rice. And so I just wrote in Nick Saban.
3: All right, then. Imagine a people did. Imagine stepping into the booth, yeah. closing the little curtain behind you, and just freaking out. Oh,
5: I...
4: Oh, Saban! Right, but... Saban! The best part is it, do- it doesn't cause you to vote for the other candidate. It causes you to then vote for the Alabama football coach.
1: I think every question I've had about why our country is so bleeped up the past couple of years has been answered in the last 24 hours. All of it. <laughs> Including the clip that you just played. I'd vote Zim, but that's me personal. Well, God. I know you're a big, big Zim
3: guy. I can tell that. Uh, let's do this. Uh, North Turner. What do you think he's up to these days?
4: I saw this so I have to accuse myself. Phil?
3: I have yes. not seen this. Um, of all the hobbies he could have picked up since leaving NFL coaching duties.
1: I mean, fly fishermen would seem to fit, but it's, it's, if it was just fly fishing, then you wouldn't be bringing it up and stop. So you
3: I- know, that's probably you're getting along the right track. That seems uh, trapping s- the key. Yeah, seems a little country western. Hmm. He's not singing, but he's writing. Oh my God! Stephen no. Ray is a country artist. His actual name is Stephen Ray Mariucci, <laughs> son of Steve Mariucci. He and Norv are buddies, hmm. and Norv got out the little pen and paper, and he decided to pen a little country tune along oh with Stephen my God. Ray. Things I've never done. Would you like to hear it? Of course. Uh, called
1: the three step drop
3: back?
4: Of course, we want to hear it.
5: Life looking back in hindsight. Tell me where'd you go? And what if you had 2020 vision looking back,
4: growing old? Well, that's a shot of Zim right there. A whole verse. <laughs> that's it's the guy I it. it's it's an
5: eyesight shot. shot. Anytime down the road, you wish you did this, wish you did that. I can hear you saying what you do right now. You'd go to the Indy 500 to hear those engines roll.
1: You know, it's not a terrible song.
4: Uh but I agree. I, it's I, not I, I think the, the vision shots are oh, a little bit over the top. The whole first part is all Vikings. Hind of sight. Yeah, high in sight. 2020. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's... Oh, it for Teddy update
3: on the luckiest guy in the world maybe he is maybe he's not but hey he got his celebrity dream girl to go on a date with him and then again and now a third time tmz has spotted john gorky and Jeannie bouchard hanging out on the beach in miami yesterday trunks and bikini in play wow so they're together Yes. Certainly seems oh, that yeah. way. Yeah, they the guy closed yeah. the deal via Twitter with his celebrity you know dream girl. That's pretty amazing. God well well done. done. More exactly, more incredible. power
4: to him. More power. To, good for that guy. You know, this, I admire him.
1: This is really this is like when Chris Moneymaker won the World Series of Poker. Just some random dude from Tennessee who bought into a satellite for thirty bucks and then became a multi-millionaire. Right. This gives permission to every guy in the internet. To keep sliding in those DMs.
3: <laughs> keep,
4: keep shooting for the stars. Good luck to most of them. Keep taking those <gasps> shots.
3: Let's go back to politics. Yesterday, Dwayne The Rock Johnson on the uh, Ellen Show.
4: Would you run? Yeah. I mean, would you? Uh, seriously, would you run?
3: I would, I'm seriously considering it, yes.
4: Well, you did.
5: Yeah.
3: That being run
1: for president. Dude, I'm uh, I'm all in on this. 100%. Why? Judd, come on. This whole thing. This whole who, who, who would be better? Well, Stone Cold, but he's not going to run. Stone Cold would be a better president, you got, but
4: you got guys in the oh, why? Why? Why can't we just go back the to rock the way it used to be? The Rock knows how you feel about pie. <laughs> why? Why does it have to be this way?
1: Only if he speaks in the third person the entire time he's doing his speeches. It's
4: going to be Dwayne The Rock Johnson, <laughs> George Clooney. The Rock knows how you feel about pie. Mark Cuban, don't forget about Mark yeah, Cuban. Mark Cuban, honest to God. I'm
3: just imagine he up. takes over the Oval Office first uh state of the union address you got speaker up there he's introducing everybody as they come into the chamber you know it's uh senator this judge that vice president and now
4: (laughs) and you know what now (laughs) finally the rock has come back to dc with the way things are now wouldn't surprise me one bit if oh, that if know. that happened, you wouldn't be like, "Oh my God, what's going on?" You'd be like, "Oh yeah, it's president."
1: You know what? I'd vote for him. What the hell? Jesse Ventura as a governor, Donald Trump as a president. We've we've gone too far. We've gone too far. <laughs> you
5: gotta think the Rock knows how you feel about pie. <gasps> well,
1: we know the
3: Rock would be outstanding uh, with international relations. Happens to be Wednesday, wrestling promo of the weekday when we do it, and. I say we know that because he's proven it, proven it many, many times over a long wrestling career. For instance, when he took a trip to Monday Night Raw with our good friends to the north.
2: Vince McMahon did The Rock a favor. He said, Rock, you can go wherever you want to go. You can do whatever you want to do. So The Rock said he wanted to go live Monday Night on Raw. More importantly than that, The Rock said he wanted to come right here to Toronto, Canada up in this crowd, if you ask me. And then The Rock said, oh, uh, uh, wait a minute, are you, are you kidding The Rock? Are you kidding The Rock? Wait, is this the first time you've ever heard someone mention your city? Is that it? Oh, yay, hooray, he said Toronto. Yay. Woo, Dave, <laughs> that's where we live. We live in Toronto. Yay, shut up. Well, <laughs> sometimes there's not a lot to cheer about living in Toronto. All right.
1: thank you. <laughs> pretty good, dude. Yeah, I'm telling you, the promos he would cut. Oh, I know the yep. the, the the campaign trail. Yep. Come on,
3: everyone would watch. <laughs> would he have to step on step off Air Force One every single trip
1: he takes and, and smell the with, air? Start with finally,
5: <laughs> the Rock knows how you feel about pies. <laughs> no!
1: And then, of course, like as part of his cabinet when he eventually gets elected, all of all of the top wrestlers from the last 30 years rick flair can be the national security advisor mm-hmm. why Come not on, judd why not let's do this might as well first uh,
3: bill he vetoes he throws it down on the floor and gives it the people's,
1: people's elbow, elbow. <laughs> first time he steps onto the floor and uh, maybe asks some of the other senators and congressmen their opinions so uh senator uh, mccain uh what do you think about this new bill well, it doesn't said- matter what you think <laughs>
4: <laughs> no, I'm telling him. Okay. No, it'd be the norm. Oh, man. No, we'd have no problem with it. It wouldn't uh, be
1: surprising. Let's unveil track two off Songs by the Ulog volume three, when we come back here, gentlemen. And also, Alan Horton's going to be in studio. Timberwolves radio play-by-play, man, when we come back, all kinds of stuff. Phil Mackey. He's got the body language of a whiner. Judd Zolgad.
0: Every time he opens his mouth, it's a garbage dumpster of crap coming out of it.
2: Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN.
5: Miguel Sano, please put down the play, 16 hot dogs is enough for you in one day. Spring training is coming soon, now my dear young man, your diet should be more than just Pringles from a can. We expected you would lead our ball club in home runs, but we found you in the mall at the Cinnabon right field wasn't good for you that was plain to see but it doesn't help us when your way begins with three there's Jeanette another well hit ball in the right but Sonneau
4: must place it and it's going to go all the way to the wall Jeanette on in the second and perhaps an example of the work in progress defensively Miguel Sonneau
5: Maybe try a vegetable, a carrot stick or two Protein is a healthy choice, or a piece of fruit Plouffe is gone so you will find your home at third base Fielding round balls cleaner with a smaller weight
4: uh, yeah, it's a classic off Still holds uh, volume up, two. Very much holds up to this day. It does. That is true. Might want to take that song if you're Sonal, give it a good li- listen and adjust mm-hmm. your lifestyle accordingly.
1: So that was a little negative coming off a 103 loss season. Uh huh. The tone has changed in volume three with the Minnesota Twins, who went to the playoffs and became one of the best turnaround stories in the history of Major League Baseball. Manager of the Year. Manager of the Year. A bunch of breakout seasons from young players. A couple uh-huh. gold gloves. Yeah, it's true. And uh, off of what Dave just said, one of the main reasons for why the Twins went to the playoffs last year is our featured song number two, track two off volume three, Songs by the Ulog.
5: Boys, you know what I love most about baseball? Oh, is it the bombs, Dave? Is it the double switch? No, it's outfield defense. Oh, dashing <laughs> pole to pole. Making all the plays Covering so much ground Every night and day Crashing into walls, watch them as they
4: fly.
5: Giant gaps at target field, where doubles go to die. Oh, Byron catches everything, Max makes every play. If you test Eddie's arm, he'll gun you at the play. Hey, Byron catches everything, Max makes every play. If you test Eddie's arm, he'll gun you at the plate. Just one year ago. It- was an ugly sight. The
4: starting outfield.
5: Abigail Sunow and Right. Ho, ho, ho. Pitchers say their thanks for the luck
4: that they have got. What used
5: to be an extra base now is getting caught. Oh, Byron catches everything. Max makes every play. If you test Eddie's arm, he'll gun you at the play. Right. Hey, Byron catches everything. Max makes every play. If you test Eddie's arm, he'll gun you at the plate.